We're going to take a moment to uh, hear God through scripture. And uh, there are a lot of ways that God speaks, and it doesn't matter if you're here and you uh, oh, have opened your heart to God or haven't opened your heart to God. God is wanting to speak into you. And one of the ways that he speaks is through scripture. A lot of other ways he speaks as well, but uh, we do this from time to time here. It's called uh, Lecto Divino, and uh, it's a way to hear God through scripture. And so I'm going to read this passage four times, and uh, each time I read it, we're going to ask a, a different question. And so the first time I read this, um, you just, it's just to grasp the overall feel of the passage. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and abnormal. So I'm going to read this passage again, and this time uh, ask God um, about a phrase or a word that he wants to highlight to you. Is there a word or phrase that seems to stick out as you, as you read this? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and uh, uh, honorable, sorry, and admirable. Uh, what word or what phrase does God highlight for you? that to yourself. What word or phrase does God highlight for you? And this time as I read it, the question is, um, how does this speak into your life? How is God wanting to speak this word or phrase into your life today? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable right and pure and lovely and admirable. Uh, what, uh, how is God using this to speak into your life today? How is God speaking into your life today? As we read it the final time, the question is, um, how does that, is it God asking you to be something 
or to do something? Is God asking you to become something, or is he asking you to do something uh, as a result of that word or phrase? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. God asking you to do something or to become something. Whenever you felt that God was speaking, just uh, just pray your own prayer and seal whatever God is doing in your heart. We do have this year uh, an intern, Michael, and he's been uh, with us for about a month now. Well, with us longer, but started a month ago anyways. And uh, an intern basically gets to uh, try out and experiment in uh, just a whole uh, bunch of different ministry areas. And sometimes it's things they want to do, sometimes it's things we make them to do. And uh, Michael gets to do his first preach today. Uh, so uh, excited about that. And uh, this is a bit more of a testimony message he's put together for us. And so, Michael, uh, we welcome you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. There's uh, one word that is the kind of the center of my testimony that I'll be coming back to, and that is grace. So the title is Falling Gracefully. And Ephesians 2.8 tells us, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. 
This is not of ourselves, but a gift of God. Now, the day that I first met God, I had a lot going through my mind. I was uh, getting out of a toxic relationship, which I was the toxic part. And, uh, and just in general, looking at my life with the rose-colored glasses off, and I had a conversation with somebody that day about belief in God. Now, I'd rejected him my entire life and uh, did not believe that he was there. And I avoided this conversation for a while with this person. But uh, when I finally had the conversation, one thing really struck me is that we had a lot of the same beliefs, but we had come to opposite conclusions. So I left that conversation going, what am I missing that this other person is seeing? That just kind of bubbled throughout the day. You know how a pot full of water on the low on the stove, it just kind of bubbles, it doesn't reach a boil. Finally, by that night, I had bubbled enough that I was beginning to think maybe God is there, although I wasn't consciously admitting that. And I fell to my knees in front of my bed, and I looked up and I just said, what am I missing? And much to my surprise, God answered me. I saw a hand coming towards me, and I just felt waves of love crashing on me, and I fell backwards. I didn't fall backward because something physical actually hit me. Sometimes people ask this, but uh, I was more surprised that I was actually getting an answer. And the love that I felt was something I had never felt before. I kind of thought of a great metaphor where what I had before was like weak, simple syrup, and God's love is like honey. So it's been a very interesting journey with God since then, uh, the grace that he showed me that day was unconditional love, because I had rejected him my entire life, and at times even hated the idea of him, but his first response to me was to show me love. Now when I was preparing this message, uh, God told me one thing to look up was the Hebrew word for gracious. Now, Hebrew is an awesome language. Uh, it's very cool. It has like root words and the, they expand upon it with other little words, but it always comes back to that root word. It's like the heart, and that's very much what God is like too. It always comes back to our heart. So the first root word of gracious is camping or tense, which might seem very strange to us. Right now, but in ancient times, the camp would have been their main source of security and comfort. And that gets expanded upon with a wall, which kind of has the idea of being continuous. So the first part would be continuous comfort, which I'm sure a lot of us who know God well can definitely relate to. He is always there. He is always comforting us. The second root word is mercy gets expanded upon with many other words <coughs> throughout the Old Testament, including help, refuge, uh, salvation, strength. But what does that all together end up meaning? I won't hazard a guess, but I can tell you what it makes me think of. It makes me think of the time I bought my first Bible. Uh, it was only about a week, 
week and a half after I first found God, or he found me, whichever way you prefer. And I was driving around, and I didn't want to listen to any of the music in my music library anymore. This was like 200 songs of great music that I loved for years. And 30 to 50 times I hit fast forward, I don't want to listen to the song, I don't want to listen to the song. And it's like got a thought in my head. I'm going to go to the mall and try to find some Christian music. So I go to the mall, and I find myself in the middle of the mall going, you don't buy music in malls anymore. <laughs> Dating myself a little bit there. <laughs> but while I'm here, maybe I can find something cool at the bookstore. So by the time I get to the bookstore, I realize I'm looking for a Bible. And by the time I get back to my car with the Bible, I'm thinking to myself, that was really odd. <laughs> and suddenly it hit me. And I sobbed, and the tears just rolled down. I've never been able to really express properly what hit me that day, but God did help me when I was writing this message uh, to tell you what he was telling me that day. And this is what he said. I am yours, and you are mine. Nothing can ever take that away from you. Just be with me forever. The grace God showed me that day was the grace of belonging. And I know whose I am because of that day. What a mercy it is that God can see every deep, dark corner of our hearts, and yet he still takes us into his family, no questions asked. says in Lamentations 3.22, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. Now to do my, uh, my third point, let's do a little thought experiment. God is all-powerful, so why doesn't he just show up in front of every person on the earth demonstrate that he is all-powerful. Now ask yourself, if he did that, what choice would we have but to follow him? It would be insanity not to follow all power, but our free will is very important to him. So he chooses weakness for us, and he demonstrated that in the most radical way we can imagine on a cross. can't see the grace in that, then you might never see it. We sing songs of amazing grace, and we associate it a lot with joy, peace, and love. But there also is a side of grace that can be profound sadness. I remember the first week that I realized that Jesus died on the cross for me. And that really sank into my heart. I grew up not owing anything, not wanting to owe anything. And it was bringing me to a melting point, realizing how much I owed God. I was actually angry with him. Why would you do that for me? God didn't say anything to me that week. And 
He didn't give me some great revelation that made the cross make sense. He just held me while I cried. And he stayed with me. Now, to give you a different way to think about grace, there is an old philosophy question. If a tree falls in the forest, and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Now, science can bring us a little bit of the way. It says sound is compressions in the air. But then philosophy goes, well, are those compressions actually sound if there's no ear to translate them? So I had a thought one day. What if we are all ears so that God can fully be sound? For those of us who hate metaphors, <laughs> let me say it this way. God is love all the time, but what is love until it impacts something? Look at that verse again. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So what if we think of grace as the impact that his love has hitting us? That could be the compressions coming off. And faith could be like the ear that allows us to translate that. This is not of ourselves, but a gift of God. Grace is always there, but we need faith to see that it is there. One last point before we get to communion and worship. Grace is like a trust fall. Now, for the odd person who might not know what a trust fall is, it's like a counseling technique where you have one person here who needs to build faith with this person here, and they go, and this person catches. And they just do it over and over until that person starts to trust that that person is there. Grace can be like a trust fall, not in the cliche way that God is always there to catch us, but let's take it one step further. The most freeing feeling in the world is falling. The only fear we have is hitting the bottom. But God, through grace, can allow us to just fall and never hit bottom. And only God can do that.